Happy Tuesday. I'm so glad you're here for another episode of the Memoir Method podcast. Today, we have another conversation with Jenny Walters, where we do a bit of a wrap up on From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. And this conversation is maybe my favorite one that we've had. So I'm really looking forward to to you listening to this. And I'd love to know what you think. A couple of housekeeping things before we get into the episode. One, look for a bonus episode later this week. We reference a lost episode, some lost audio, and it was actually an episode that I think is pretty crucial to this series. We we took from the ashes through the memoir method framework, and that feels pretty essential to the memoir method podcast. So while my recap will not be quite the same as our conversation, I do think it's important to have in in the feed for your uh, listening and for your reference. So keep an eye out for that later this week. And also, um, I mentioned this toward the end, but we have a um, Bookish Edits Christmas pop-up shop. So if you go to bookishedits.com slash shop, you will find all of my digital products for sale. And those are evergreen. Those are going to be there forever. And then there are two specific products that are available for Christmas. We they are enrollment vouchers. So for for Christmas, you can purchase enrollment in the winter 2024 Memoir Method Live cohort for 15% off. And then you can also purchase an all access pass to the to every bookish edits offer and experience that's happening in the first half of 2024. So that includes enrollment in the Memoir Method Live that's starting in February, the uh, 30-day memoir writing incubator that I will be running sometime in the spring, and also registration in the Memoir Structure Masterclass that that will be happening in the winter. So details are still forthcoming, but the all-access pass is going to get you into every single one of those, and that will only be available in December. So head to bookishedits.com slash shop, and you will find everything that you need right there. So with that out of the way, let's get into our conversation. You are listening to the Memoir Method Podcast, the place for writers, readers, and anyone who appreciates the collective power of our stories. In this podcast, we explore the impact of memoir alongside an examination of writing techniques and strategies used in the genre. Whether you're an aspiring writer looking for inspiration and guidance, or a passionate reader seeking meaningful connections through shared experiences, the Memoir Method Podcast is your go-to conversation spot. I'm your host, Charlotte editor, writer, and the heart behind Booker's Edits. I am so glad that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back. I'm excited for this final episode of Ashes. I'm glad that you're here with us again, Ginny. Hi, it's great to be here. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna just spend a few minutes today talking, kind of wrapping up our examination of From the Ashes and kind of comparing how how we see it now after exploring it and examining it in a more critical way or editorial way as opposed to after we've read it for the first time. So 
And Jenny's read it twice. I have read it once. You're the one who recommended it to me over the summer. And I don't know if I would have, if this would have even been on my radar before, before, if you hadn't put it there. I will also add that I learned about it from my real life book club. So it was also, it was another pick. It was a pick of someone else in my book club. And so it is not one that I found either, but I just felt like from both a content perspective and a writing perspective, it would be a good one for us to chat about. Mm-hmm. I think after after reading it, and we've touched on this before, it both took us a while to read this book, which it's it's just like your standard length a book it's like 300 some odd pages which is very standard but it took us both a pretty a, a relatively long time to get through it and it's pretty heavy and I'm really grateful that I had the chance to talk about this book more because it was for me it required someone to kind of verbally process it with because it's very different from anything I've read and it's hard. (laughs) He has had a a difficult first third of his life and it still just blows my mind that he's alive and that he is able to like write this book and he's thriving. You know, he getting his, he's a PhD candidate right now in Toronto And so reading memoir, you can't separate, it can't just be a book because it's a person and thinking about Jesse as a person right now, I thought about a lot, like while I was reading, just realizing, okay, well, I know that he makes it out of this, but I have no idea how this is going to happen. And to know, okay, well, he's alive. He doesn't die. And he's well enough to write this and have it published. And so there's that component, like, okay, well, this is seeing kind of where it ends in air quotes there. But so there's that component. But then also I was, I think about this a lot. We, we reached out to him to see if he would come onto the podcast and do an interview because he's, he's done a lot of, of talking about this book. It was a Canada One Reads pick a few years ago. Like it was, he, he's done a lot of press around this book. I got an email back like the, a day or two after I had initially emailed him and explained what this podcast is and why I'd like to talk to him. And his wife wrote me back. And she's his, I think she's like his manager as far as kind of, she's a buffer person. And she was so kind. Uh, but she, she said, you know what? Thank you so much for reading his book. Uh, she was so gracious. And she said, he's not talking about, he's not doing any interviews about this book anymore. Four years talking about this took a toll and now he needs to just heal and move on. And I was really touched by that communication one that she just wrote back 
instead of ghosting, which is something I would maybe just want to be like, I'm not going to deal with that. But she took the time to write me back. And it was just such a loving, protective message. And I just, I can't, I can't separate out who he is now from who he is in the book. I thought, yeah, like he should be able to say when he's done talking about it. Just because he publishes something and it's a hit doesn't mean that he has to talk about it forever and ever either. Like he can just kind of let it be what it is now. And so, yeah, I I think about that email a lot. And I, I wrote back and expressed my gratitude for getting back to me and for what he's written. And I wished him well. But a memoir is, you know, we've talked about it's a very specific, there's a focus to it. But it's impossible to only think about the focus of that memoir because there's a whole person behind it. Yeah. And I am, I don't think I've told you this yet, but I am about halfway through his book of poetry and it's very good. I can't remember if that came out in 2022, maybe. I can't remember exactly when that was released, but it was definitely after this mm-hmm. one, obviously. But it feels very like healing and cathartic. And so it just, I don't know if that is like his intention or not, but mm-hmm. it, I think about that email and that communication that you had mm-hmm. while I am also reading his poetry which is just it's an interesting way to like approach his book of poetry yeah and I think I would love to read to read that book of poetry as well but I'd like to think that perhaps writing that you know poetry was integrated into this book into Mm -hmm. his memoir and I hope that writing a collection of poetry was healing it's just such a potent reminder that there's no actual the end. It's not like he reached, he he's recovered and okay, now that's, that's it. It's not like a novel where the end is the end. And right. You know, he's continuing to heal and evolve as a person. And so it probably, if he were to write this book over, it would probably be a different book now from when he wrote it initially just because he's a different person now. Yeah. 100%. And, and so just to remember the fluidity inherent in memoir, this is a, this is a snapshot of a life from a very specific perspective. Mm-hmm. And we're only just getting a tiny bit of it. And I also think about how much it probably took for him to give us the tiniest bit. Yeah. Let alone live it let alone talk about it for like four years after yeah he spent four years talking about it in press and in interviews and to promote the book you know because when when you're when you publish a book authors are largely responsible for their own marketing i that just puts memoir writers in an interesting position Mm -hmm. because it can it's going to take a lot out of you depending on what you're writing about. And it's, it's important, you know, when we want to write our stories and we want, when we want to write them for other people to read, there's a, 
there's a drive behind that to connect. And mm-hmm. so that that's important. And there's also going to come a time where you're going to be done. Yeah. I'm glad that he has, that he knows what that point was for him mm-hmm. and that he's able to just really enforce that boundary. And it was a very gentle way, but uh, it, it really, it just really touched me that he was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know, it can give us permission to be done talking about things too, whether or not we write about it, we can be done if we're kind of ready to evolve into a different phase of our lives. We don't have to hold on tight. Yeah. You can just say, no, I'm no, I'm good. Thank you. But no, I'm, (laughs) I'm done. And and you can do that in a really kind way. Yeah. It was a very, it was, it was a very kind email. It was a very gracious email (laughs) from his wife. You know, so even even when you write for someone and have it traditionally published where you're responsible for all the marketing and then it becomes this international bestseller, so you have to talk about it more, you can still you can still put parameters on what and when and how you talk about it, even when you write for someone else. And that's a it's almost entering into a, a very nuanced contract with your reader where, hey, I'm going to give you this and I might be willing to offer you more in some form, but I might not. And so you just kind of need to take what I'm offering and the reader needs to be gracious with whatever is offered because it's a, it's a person. Yeah. And he is continuing to live his life and as he should, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope I, I hope he's happy. You know, he's, yeah. yeah, he's a PhD candidate and he, he has a, a wife who's a great, a great little bouncer in the best way. <laughs> I mean, in the best way, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he has support and he's gone through a lot of recovery. And I think he's put himself in a, in a good position to advocate mm-hmm. uh, for indigenous people, for those in recovery, for the systems, but he, he can do that in a way that isn't sharing the most horrible years of his life over and over and over. Yeah. You know, he's, he's written this memoir and now that can just say what it needs to say. He said what he needs to say about it. Uh And that's there if anyone wants to read it, but he doesn't have to continue reliving that over and over. Nope. How do you feel now that we've kind of explored this a little bit? I'm really sad. We had such a great conversation when we broke down from the ashes into like the memoir method framework. And that is the, the lost audio that we will never, will never be recovered. The lost audio. Have that. But um, what, after you've kind of been through some of this examination, how do you see it different? If at all. I think the part that, sticks with me from like a writing perspective is just how much the individual writer affects the memoir and that sounds so like duh of course like (laughs) (laughs) duh but I think there is so much of him as a person in here like I think his personality is in here the way that he chooses to express 
things is in here. I think, you know, we talked about the vignettes. I think that is very unique. Um, not the mm -hmm. use of the vignettes, but like how he uses them. Right. Yes. And so when I think about, you know, I am writing a memoir that is focused on grief and there's a lot of those. And I think about that sometimes, like, does the world really need another memoir about grief? And the answer is, well, I think so, because no one has this one, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the way that each person tells their own story is so different and so unique. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of other books about and memoirs about addiction and homelessness and the topics that he talks about in here, but there is not another book that is exactly like this one because this one is about him. And so it just, it, I guess when I say it, it sounds sort of silly, but I feel like that is probably the thing that I have internalized the most from like a writing perspective is that just that concept of memoir, like memoir is a specific type of writing, but how we each construct our own version of it is mm -hmm. completely unique to us. And I think, you know, we did talk about that a lot in the lost episode that will never we be did. I I do think that those those aspects of the framework, right, they're gonna be different for each person. And so mm -hmm. that's the thing that I really took away from this one. And I think when we talk about, well, you know, no one's written about grief the way that you're going to write about it or writing about it and what that means is that there's going to be a reader who's going to be affected by your writing in a different way from how they'd be affected about someone else's experience with grief right you know I've I've talked about this in a few settings before but when my mental health my, my postpartum mental health was really poor and undiagnosed, I was listening to a podcast episode where the host and her co-host were talking about postpartum mental health. And one of them shared about her experience. And I was like, oh, th that sounds a lot like me. And it was really the first thing that unlocked. <laughs> like, oh, I, someone else is just irrationally angry and just crawl, wants to like crawl into a hole and cry all the time. But she wasn't the only person on the internet talking about mental health it was this is maybe in the earlier end of when mental health was something that's very widely talked about now but she wasn't the only person talking about mental health postpartum mental health any of that but her story was the one that I needed to hear hers was the one that reached me when I needed it and so whenever we're wondering well like why, why would someone want to read mine when there's all these other ones that's not a helpful thought because there's someone who is going to need to hear your experience in your words and the way that you tell it. And so it, it may sound simple to say, just to be struck by, Oh, a memoir is written by, by a person. So unique, but it, it is. And that has really specific implications for readers and the reading experience. Mm -hmm. And 
side note to that, it, whenever we do, I mean, I think we've all read a memoir that maybe not, maybe hasn't landed the way that it's landed for other people. Whenever that happens, we can, as readers, we can give a lot of grace to that. We don't have to comment necessarily on on what maybe didn't work for us in just a, in an open forum. I don't know if that needs to to happen, but there's a reader for every story. And the more stories yep, we have, there the sure is. So, yeah. If we don't have, do we have any other thoughts? I feel like I've said what I needed to say about this book. No, I'm good. Okay. I uh, just all the thanks, right? <laughs> all the yeah, all the thanks to everybody who writes their story and decides to share it. Yes, I, I second all of that. Just. Memoir just go through a lot to get their story out there. And it's, I don't know, anytime I get to read someone's story, it just feels like a privilege. And that's what it felt mm-hmm. like reading Jesse Thistles. So before we sign off, I did want to introduce what our 2024 memoirs are going to be. Jenny and I spent a little bit of time before, before recording the episode to kind of figure out, well, what do we want to, to read next year? And we wanted to give you all four memoirs at once. Uh, so that you just you just have it. It can be helpful and give you time to to get your hands on them. But I'm really excited about our lineup. So the first quarter of 2024, we are going to read Dancing at the Pity Party, a dead mom graphic memoir by Tyler Fetter. I'm especially looking forward to this one. There's a, a really neat backstory to how how we came to this book and deciding to talk about it. So I'm really looking forward to that one in the second quarter. We're going to read under the henfluence. That's like hen, like a chicken henfluence inside the world of backyard chickens and the people who love them by Tova Danovich. And this is one I heard about in the podcast and I'm just really excited about it. It just sounds quirky and poignant at the same time from, I, I haven't read I've read two of the books reading in 2024 and two of them I have not read yet. So Under the Henfluence is is new to me. So that one's going to be delightful. And then quarter three, we're going to read Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. This is one that has been around for a while. It has won a lot of prizes. It is a middle grade memoir told in verse. And I read it several years ago. I'm really looking forward to rereading it and kind of coming at that as... Uh, from a writer's lens. And then finally, we will wrap up the year with The Color of Water, a Black man's tribute to his white mother by James McBride. And that is the other one that I have not yet read. So I'm very excited about these books. Yes, I am too. I have read Dancing at the Pity Party and I have read The Color of Water. Although I will definitely reread The Color of Water because it has been years. I don't even know how many Mm -hmm. years. I'm pretty sure I read it in college, which means it was over a decade ago. (laughs) (laughs) A reread is in order. Yeah, a reread is definitely in order for that one. (laughs) The question is, do I still have the copy that I read in college with my oh, that'd be interesting it's possible it's possible yeah. i will have this collection of books on my bookshop.org site 
for anyone who wants to to buy their own copy. I think the newest one of these books is Under the Influence. Uh, that's been published in 2023, but all the others are backlist. And so they should be pretty easy to get a hold of. But I will, in the Christmas pop-up shop on the website, I will have a spot for bookshop.org specifically for the podcast books. Yeah, I would just love if you read along with us. We'll keep you updated as we're kind of move, move throughout the year. But I I like to know the plan. And so these are our, this is the plan for memoirs on the podcast in 2024. Thanks for helping me pick these out, Jenny. I'm excited about them. Awesome. I'm very excited. And thanks again for, for joining me. I hope you have a lovely holiday. Yeah, and, you too. Yeah, and we'll we hope in- that all of the listeners have a happy holidays. Same. Yes. Have a lovely holiday and however you celebrate. And we will, uh, we have a couple, um, another episode or two coming out in December, but then, uh, yeah, we'll be back in 2024 after that. Okay. Okay. Outro music. You've just listened to an episode of the Memoir Method Podcast. The Memoir Method Podcast is presented by Bookish Edits. If you like what you heard, the best way to support the show is to subscribe through your preferred podcast player. And if you're feeling especially inspired, I'd love it if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a review really does help other readers and writers like yourself find the show. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on my website at bookishedits.com or on Instagram at charlotte.edits.books. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. We'll figure it out before Q1. We'll figure it out before Q1.